0: Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. This is episode 219, in case you want to find it on a podcast and listen a second time, because we're going to continue our studies in protology and eschatology, and we're in Genesis 6, the days of Noah, and there is nowhere else in the Bible that I am aware of where you see the most apparent connection between protology, that is the study of early history, and eschatology, the study of last things. Jesus himself said in Matthew 24, as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. The days of Noah is Genesis 6 through 9, and in particular, the degenerate culture that was going on in Genesis 6, the first half-dozen verses, are key to understanding the days of Noah Jesus said these are also keys or a preview, so to speak, of eschatology, the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, we have to ask ourselves the question, what exactly what was going on in the days of Noah way back in Genesis 6? Well, you should know that there's a big debate, or should I say there should be a big debate, because there are two interpretations of Genesis 6. Unfortunately, only one of the two are frequently cited in Catholic commentaries. Just uh, an example, there's a publication called the Dedicate Bible. It's a really good resource, and I disagree with their interpretation of Genesis 6, but I still recommend a resource. It's a great resource. One of my children was using this for religious studies in our Catholic home school, and so I opened it to Genesis 6. I'd been studying this passage for decades, and I wanted to see if it at least presented both views, and it did not. So if you were studying the great resource, the good Catholic resource, the Didache Bible, you'd only see one perspective. But there's two things going on in Genesis 6, and I want to be very upfront because I'm in new uncharted waters, so to speak, in Luke 21 radio when we come to Genesis 6, and it's this. This is the only time so far in all of my 200-plus episodes of Luke 21 Radio where I differ with St. Augustine. Okay, he's my hero when it comes to studying biblical prophecy, but I differ with him strongly on this passage, and I'm gonna give you plenty of reasons why, very substantial reasons in multiple broadcasts because I think this passage is a key to so many other passages regarding end times. But also I want you to know that the position I'll be advocating also is in disagreement with about 95% of your favorite Catholic scripture scholars. So I'm not on a limb. Actually this I'm I'm going to show you today from the Bible itself that there's some verses that aren't even cited even from resources that tried to say there's two perspectives on this. I'm going to show you from church history. In fact, the earliest church history, this was the view, and also this was the Jewish view at the time of Jesus. So when Jesus would say, as it was in the times of Noah, what would those Jewish hearers think in their minds when they heard that? And that's exactly the perspective I'll be showing to you. So, uh, in addition, because this, you know, protology, you might think, what, what is Steve doing, uh, you know, a series in Genesis, a selective series in Genesis, regarding eschatology or biblical prophecy? Believe me, this is like a pair of extremely powerful binoculars to see the end. In fact, apart from the proper understanding of Genesis 6, this is my opinion, that you'll have a very hard time understanding what's going on in the world right now before our eyes. Some things might be really troubling you, you can't quite put your finger on, what's causing all this type of thing? Well, Genesis 6 is the key to it. In addition, to really understand why Fatima, why now? Genesis 6. Or, why the prayer of St. Michael the Archangel by Pope Leo XIII? Or why does St. John Paul II say, we're in a time of human history of a final confrontation? Or, why did Anne Catherine Emmerich warn about the abyss opening in the 19th century? What would be the cause of the great apostasy, Genesis 6? Revelation 9 and Revelation 20 talk about an unleashing of dark powers that have been chained for centuries. How do we understand this? Genesis 6. How do we understand the meaning of St. Paul's exhortation about spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6? Guess what? Genesis 6. How about Matthew 16, when Jesus says, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it? What was the context, the geographic context of what was going on here? Part of it is Genesis 6. What's the reason for the genocide of the Canaanites in the Old Testament? So many find it totally unexcusable, and a lot of apologists have some pretty weak explanations for why God commanded that. What was the real reason for the flood? And all of this is just starters for understanding Genesis 6. So let's go to that text. Genesis 6, when man began to multiply in the face of the ground and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were fair, and they took to wife such as of them as they chose. Then the Lord said, my spirit shall not abide in man forever. His days shall be 120 years. He's shortening human lifespan as a result of what's described in the verse before, the sons of God taking for themselves women from the daughters of men. And then it says in the next verse, verse 4, the Nephilim were on the earth in those days when the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men that were of old, the men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. Again, the great wickedness is describing what was just spoken of in the previous verse. The Nephilim, were on the earth in those days, and when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, they bore children to them. And so the Lord said he was sorry they had made man on the earth, it grieved him, and so he's going to put an end to them in the flood. So what is described here is the cause of the flood, and not just that, Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now, There are two interpretations of this passage. The one that's commonly presented, even uh, advocated by the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible, by uh, old Catholic Study Bibles and commentaries and new ones, they advocate the interpretation that there's two lines of people intermarrying. The line of Seth, Seth would be the godly line coming down from Adam and Eve, and Cain, who killed Abel, the wicked line, these two lines now intermarry, and as a result, wickedness follows. Now, you might be inclined like, Steve, you're, you're kind of big on marriage. Why don't you take this interpretation? Well, for the bottom line reason is that... Um, I do not think it is true, okay? Now, this isn't saying if somebody holds this, they're not a good Catholic or you should burn that study Bible and all that kind of thing. That's acting like a juvenile. No, there's two interpretations and I'm advocating an ancient one. And it's this, what is being described are marriages or quasi-marriages between fallen angelic beings that produce genetic hybrids called giants. The sons of God is a term like you you find in the first chapter of Job. It says when the sons of God presented themselves before Yahweh, they were the angels coming before God. Sons of God is a common expression for angelic beings, and the union, the illicit union, the rebellious union, the transgression of angels coming into a realm that they shouldn't, and angels can take on human appearances and this and that, the offspring was the Nephilim, which were giants. And I read in verse 4, it says these Nephilim were the mighty men of old. Now, the Septuagint was a Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. Genesis 6 was originally written in Hebrew. Now, right before and during the time of Jesus and actually following, the translation used by the early church was the Septuagint, which was a translation from Hebrew into Greek. The Greek Septuagint, where it says, these were the mighty men of old, has the word in Greek that we get the English word giants from, or gigantic. And this is the interpretation that the Septuagint had. Now, I'm going to spend just a little bit of time. We're going to continue next time. I'm going to give you some scriptures that take this view, because if you do some good cross-referencing in the Bible, it's pretty easy to see which of the two interpretations is true. I'm going to start with The epistle of Jude, there's only one chapter, so it's verses 6 and 7. It says, and the angels, the angels that did not keep their own position but left their proper dwelling, have been kept by him in eternal chains in the nether gloom until the judgment of the great day, just as Sodom and Gomorrah, in other words, in like manner, uh, illicit transgressions of sexual activity, just as Sodom and Gomorrah acted immorally, indulged in unnatural lust, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. And then, very interesting, going right along with that, the book of Sirach in the Catholic Bible, chapter 16 and verses 7 and 8 says, God was not propitiated by the ancient giants who revolted in their might, he did not spare the neighbors of Lot when he loathed on account of their insolence. So again, Sirach 16 is basically just following Jude 6 and 7, and the two put together, you have angels not keeping their own position and unnatural lust and results, Sirach 16, 7 giants. And then finally, 2 Peter 2, 4 and 5. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to the pits of nether gloom, he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven other persons, when he brought a flood upon the world. Jude, Sirach, 2nd Peter, and there's lots more to come. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 219 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy, visit us online at luke21.com.